Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. On today's solo show, I'd like to address research, specifically as it relates to the arts and the benefits to our kids. Let me just share a few stats with you. According to the International Child Art Foundation, research indicates that a child who is exposed to the arts will have a better chance to grow up to be more creative imaginative, expressive, confident, self-reliant, and critically thinking. Young people who participate in the arts are four times more likely to be recognized for academic achievement, three times more likely to be elected to class office within their schools, four times more likely to participate in math and science fairs, three times more likely to win an award for school attendance, and four times more likely to win an award for writing an essay or a poem. Young dancers and artists, as compared with their peers, are likely to attend music, art, and dance classes nearly three times as frequently, participate in youth groups nearly four times as frequently, read for pleasure nearly twice as often, and perform community service more than four times as often. Now, this is just one of the many studies supporting the inclusion of arts in education. As a mom of two little girls, I absolutely want my kids to be more involved and engaged, whether it's at home, in school, or certainly within the community. If the arts can help my kids do better in school and gain confidence to express themselves, then I'm definitely in a hundred percent. For those of you who live in the U.S., do you remember when arts classes in school occurred regularly? I certainly remember enjoying music, arts, and even physical education classes multiple times during the week. When I look at the average school day now, It saddens me to think that music and art classes are nearly a thing of the past. In the course of an average day, it seems kids are spending increasing amounts of time memorizing facts in an effort to do better on standardized tests. While standardized testing may serve the purpose of gauging how much students have learned, it's only accurate so far as revealing the kids that learn in a matter for which the tests are written. Now, you may be wondering what the heck I just said. Well, here's what I mean. Standardized tests are just that. They are standard. They are written in only one way for all students. 
they don't take into account the different ways that each of us learns. For example, I learn best by doing and reading things. According to Howard Gardner, author of Frames of Mind and the Theory of Multiple Intelligences, I have kinesthetic and linguistic intelligence. Simply put, the theory of multiple intelligences states that each of us may have one or multiple ways in which we learn best. Learning is somewhat like a fingerprint. Every one of us has a unique way that we learn given different situations. Those that learn best through mathematical, logical, or verbal linguistic intelligence are better suited at taking standardized tests. Those that learn musically or through interactions with self, others, and the environment may not score as well since the questions on those tests aren't written in a way that accurately reflects their knowledge. Isn't this interesting and eye-opening stuff? It wasn't until graduate school and a course in education that I finally understood how I was able to do well in school but never managed to do great on any standardized tests that I took. I always felt that there was something wrong with me when I couldn't score what I thought I would on those tests. Now I know that my test scores may have been a reflection of how the tests were written and not about the knowledge that I personally possessed. Now that you know each of us learns differently, but a test is a test is a test, where exactly does that leave parents? According to Gardner, educators and parents should value the development of knowledge and skills that go beyond a single test. Now, I'm not suggesting that as parents we shouldn't look at the results of standardized tests or that they become completely banned. What I'm merely suggesting here is that as parents, we need to discover and understand how our kids learn best when reading and interpreting the results of any type of standardized test. Standardized tests are one of the many resources we as parents can use to keep the lines of communication open between teachers and administrators. Especially if we see that our kids are not learning in a way that makes sense to them, or perhaps they're struggling in a certain subject or even just consistently throughout the day. For both of my daughters, words and ideas come easily, as does expressing themselves through movement. I know that sitting in a desk six hours a day for them, or anyone for that matter, is certainly not conducive to learning for my kids. This is something I need to address with their teachers. If everything in school was a project with storytelling or construction of dioramas or pictures, my girls would certainly be top of the class. I know that this is far from reality, unfortunately. As parents, we all want to do and give our kids the best in life. Their education must take priority so that we can foster future generations of confident, dynamic leaders, creators, and innovators. 
Since opportunities to express themselves and be creative in arts classes are getting fewer and fewer by the day, we as parents need to step up and be vocal about these cuts. More importantly, we need to seek out opportunities in our own communities if they aren't part of your kid's school day. When you think back to the statistics I shared earlier about young people getting involved in the arts, I know that I want those types of results for my own kids. I want them to do well in school, be confident in who they are, and be active in the community. If the arts is the vehicle to help my kids accomplish these things, you can bet I'm loading up the car now and heading out on my kids' journey into the arts. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share us with a friend and leave us a review here on iTunes. Be sure to head over to artsmartparenting.com for free updates to help you raise a smarter kid through the arts. And if you're looking for more ways to propel your child's learning, join me each Wednesday for a free live webinar where you'll discover how your child learns best, how to supercharge learning, and the often hidden mismatch between teaching, testing, and your child. Sign up today at artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes where I'll be sharing tips and tricks to incorporate the arts into your already busy schedule and expert interviews with artists, educators, and entrepreneurs on how the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. Until next time, I'm Young Pratt, your partner in raising smart kids.